that moment, my faith to the Lord that God would minister and to touch them. Amen. I got your Bibles. Turn with us. Amen. Ezekiel. Praise God. Let's go to Ezekiel 46 and 9. 46 and 9. I'm going to just read one verse in your hearing tonight. I mentioned this briefly this morning about the glory of God. And um, how needful that we have His glory. And that I believe just as strong that nothing can take the place of it. I'm not saying that I'm against, I'm not against, I'm not against nothing or nobody tonight per se. Uh, but there's nothing that we can do as, as man with whatever to, to create or to take the place of his glory. Okay. Uh, it's, it's something that's it's he alone when he shows up and the, the method and the power of it. So if you haven't got your Bibles, Ezekiel 46, 9, and I'll read this and let you be seated. But when the people of the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feast. Solemn feast was a, it was a, when it's called a solemn feast, it's a gathering, it's, it's important. And uh, we know there was three major feasts and gatherings for the Israelite people. He that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. He that entereth by the way of the south gate shall go forth by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in, but shall go forth over against it. Simply, Ezekiel and the Lord speaking to Ezekiel about the temple and the entering of the temple, entering to the presence of God into his glory, that you could not leave the same way you came. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. You're the Lord of our lives. You're the Savior of our souls. Uh, there is no doubt a, a presence that's here tonight that's, that wants to work for us. There is an undercurrent that's moving upon our lives. For God, for we pray for the old-fashioned glory of God. That that glory would fall upon us. It would visit us in our services. God, I'm persuaded tonight that it's by this glory that we'll entertain other things like old-time conviction, old-time miracles, old-time outpourings of the Holy Ghost. I believe and pray, God, that in this glory that manifestations and declaring powers and loosening powers and liberty will come like maybe we've never experienced as we cry for that old glory to show up. We're going to give you the honor for it. We're going to give you the praise for it because we definitely need your help. Your help 
to help us to deliver this tonight. Deliver it in a way that you'd have us to, with your anointing, all the glory, all the praise, all the honor to be lifted to you in this house tonight. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Anybody ever heard the story, Oh Glory? I know we're referring to a lot of times that's the banner, that's the flag, the American flag. To see old glory flying, to see her still upon that post, not touching that ground. I've heard different stories at different times, and you've seen statues and things of that nature of men and individuals that's kept keeping old glory from hitting the ground. Man. There, there could be sometimes stacks of body underneath that old glory. Of individuals that's holding that old flag up. Some of the greatest fierce battles that we ever fought. A man that the enemy had purposed and set out and turned all their guns toward the glory. To take her down. A man to destroy her. But I've, I've read of stories where individuals, both men and women. Literally gave their lives to run out and to hold old glory up. Until they was killed. And then another one would come and take over. One after another. And there'd be stacks of bodies laying around. At the bottom of old glory. But old glory would still be up in the air. She'd be flying. Probably for some. Some still holds that kind of pride. If you want to call it that. Kind of passion. Uh, is they realize the, the price that was paid for the liberty that we we enjoy as such as tonight. We're, we're, sometimes I have a feeling we, we just take it for granted. And, and please, just, just hear me out. I'm not, it's just life. It's just, you know, sometimes when you, you, you know, if, if, you've, if you have a fine automobile and you ride in it and you drive and, you, you know, have it five and six and seven, eight, ten years after a while, you just kind of take it for granted. You know, you forgot about that old clunker that God got you out of. Amen. I had a truck here that embarrassed all of you if I drove it up here. <laughs> How many of you remember that old green Datsun I used to have? Had my old big back tires on it, all rusted out. I had to, I had to bathe it in WD-40 <laughs> at least once a month. Amen. You could hear me three miles down the road. <laughs> Drive all the deer out, you know. I'd get, get man, I'd buy that WD-40. What, no, you couldn't grease it. Man, I tried to. It wasn't nothing there to grease. It just fall out on the ground. So you'd have to use WD-40. <laughs> Praise God. But God's blessed me many, many times since then. And, and uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. So, but sometimes we, um, after a season of being blessed and a season of, of, of having good church, <laughs> a season of having what we call good church, and, and, uh, but if we're not careful slowly as as I took a dimmer and began to dim these lights, you know, if I could do it slow enough and, amen, a little by little in service, uh, it would reach a point, please, that I could actually cut them out and we wouldn't even, we wouldn't miss them. We wouldn't realize that we'd lost that light and we'd lost that glory. The glory of God's always been under attack. Uh, but there's also been requirements to keep that glory. And to keep it alive and vibrant in our lives. It's always been a price to pay. It's always been a sacrifice. And, and um, 
That's true as for a church. It's true for an individual. It's true for a nation. Amen. It's going to be true for an organization. It's true for a family. It's true all the way around. To keep His glory in our lives. To, to keep that Shekinah presence alive. Uh, if you ever really experience it. I, and I'm not one here tonight to come here and say, yeah, I've experienced it like some. I don't believe I've experienced it quite like Ezekiel. Uh, there's probably some in this church. Maybe, maybe I haven't experienced it like you. I haven't seen that haze, uh, that, that, that power, that, that presence. I've been in some awesome, awesome services and some powerful services. And, and I know we, we're, we're prone and we're subject, and, and I'm not criticizing. Please don't take it that way. I'm, I'm not. But at the same times, I think sometimes it would do us good to back up and really take a good examination. And uh, look at ourselves and look where we're at and see what's going on. And, 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 and say, you know what? Is the glory here like it used to be? Is the power of his glory, does it still affect us? Because I'm going to tell you something. I've done mention this. As, as, as I've watched this service, as I've been a part of this service, uh, the excitement about being in the house of God. Um, can I say this without offending? I hope to, because that's not me intend to offend. But by the appearance of some of your faces, you're, you're, you're you know, you, there, there's a thousand other places you'd rather be than here by the expression of your face. Now, now that's not a judgment against me or judgment against anybody here. It's just the effect of the house of God and uh, coming to the house of God and letting slip from us what it means to us, how important it is, how, how much of an effect it can have upon our lives. I believe, you know, I believe you could take any denomination and as God would probably move and God will. God's, God's faithful. God's, God's not limited by organizations. God's not limited by us Pentecost and one God apostolic people. I'm telling you right now, they can be some good old whatever out there. And I, I hate to name names because I'm, you know, and, but if they get in the right place, God's going to show up and it, we can like it or not. <laughs> you know, we don't have God under our thumb that, boy, God, you got operating under us. That's bull. No, I just put it like it is. Uh, anybody that's hungry, anybody that's thirsty for righteousness, anybody that reaches a place in their lives says, you know what, God? I want your glory. I want to experience you. I want to know you for myself. I want to have that experience. I believe the lacking of that right there is, is what's one reason that so many denominations has got away from the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the teaching and the, and the, the mandate of it. Amen. Because you can get to a place where we'll just, we'll just have what we call good church. Come and sing our two or three songs and pray a prayer or two and give a good sermonette. And we'll go to McDonald's and Burger King's and find more excitement and joy and laughter and expressions on the face at McDonald's than we do at the house of God. Again, I'm not criticizing. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm just... But, but to read the Word of God and to, to know... What the house of God and who's going to meet us. And, and with his glory in our midst and what that glory creates. The atmosphere that it creates. The Shekinah, the presence, the power of that glory. Amen. Uh, I'm going to personally confess tonight I haven't experienced it the way I'm going to. I'm, I'm pursuing 
man, I'm pursuing. I'm pursuing some old landmarks. I'm pursuing some old-fashioned moves of God. Again, I'm not criticizing. I'm not uh, about what we've had. But things I just, I just know within me that there's some, some greater, greater things that's out there that God wants to give us. God never changed his mind about it. For instance, revival. I believe, I believe mankind can have revival. I believe the Gentiles can have revival and the blessings of God since the day of Pentecost. Amen. Even though it took to the 10th chapter and visions and the working of God and visiting of angels and, and all that to bring it to pass. It was still God's intent from the very beginning. Amen. To bring back because he was global working. Amen. In the first chapters and the first process of the, of the work of God and all of that took place. And, and it's only because of humanity. Because of the direction and the mindset and the passions of humanity. David helps us out. He said we're born and shapen in iniquity. We're more prone and subject to, to have envy and strive and bitterness and jealousy. We're more prone and we're more geared, amen, to go away from God than to God. I proved that. I proved that with our children. Amen. <laughs> Y'all just hang on. This, this may not even be a one-night deal here. I'm telling you, I've, I'm tapping into something that's above me. I'll just be honest with you. It's, it's above me. Amen. It, it's, it's, I promise you, it's above me. Uh, I don't understand all that even Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a part, amen, of the captivity in Babylon. God literally picks, picks Ezekiel up at times. He carries him back to Jerusalem. Sets him on mountaintops. God picks up Ezekiel and carries him into the temple. Carries him and exposed and lets him, lets Ezekiel see what God had already been seeing. The worship, worship of the elders. And uh, I believe it's, I believe maybe the eighth chapter of Ezekiel. I'd love to be able to preach the whole book and just get it all together because it'd be more effective here if I could just do that. But there's no way you can preach 40 something chapters in one service here tonight. I couldn't even read them all. Let's must preach them all. <laughs> praise God. But anyway, <laughs> praise God. But, but when you really begin to read about Ezekiel and a part of Babylon and part of that captivity and how God moves and works with him, he's, he's, he's in with Daniel. He's working with Daniel. And, and so we, we're going to see some things and watch some things happen. But the focus tonight is the glory of God. The glory of God. Man, his glory. I believe everybody in here. Everybody in here. Brother Ernie, we're going to pray for you. God's, God's going to help you, brother. Amen. The glory of God's going to fall on you. Amen. Praise God. You're too tight, folks. You're too tight. I'm telling you. God's a good God. He knows what he's doing. And um, so, I believe if we're not careful... I tell you what's happened to us, <laughs> and I'm probably not the one to be saying this, <laughs> but but if we're not careful, we'll let pride and we'll let certain other things get us into a position to a place that um, we don't mean to, but but we think we can sidestep some things and, and still have the glory of God. That we can we can set some things aside.
that God's in the Word of God, that's in the commandments of God, that Israel didn't get by with. And if Israel didn't get by with it, neither's the church. I don't care if she is blood-bought. I don't care if she's Holy Ghost-filled. She will not stay Holy Ghost-filled walking in error of what this book says. The glory will not stay. And I'm going to show you all that tonight by the Word of God. I'm going to show you that by the Word of God. Let me go back to what... How many has been to count meetings and conferences? And at the end of every one of them, we always say this. I believe this is the best count meeting we ever had. It's topped them all. Peer pressure of men's caused that. Because I'm telling you, the count meetings, I can carry you back to some count meetings 25 and 30 years ago and some anointing preaching and all that to blow their hair back. I ain't being ugly. I'm just being honest. I'm a part of both of them, so I can say that. I was a part of both of them. Involved in all of them. But there's nothing that can take the place of His glory. And let me say this. It doesn't matter if two or three gather together or if thousands gather together. Numbers will not persuade the glory of God to move outside of these doctrines and commandments. But neither with just two or three will hinder His glory to show up. When they are obedient and do it according to his word. That glory is going to show up. <clears throat> that glory. I don't believe it's nothing like it. It's, it's a likening unto the anointing of God. Amen. You know it. Anybody that's lived for God that knows anything about the Holy Ghost. Has experienced it any at all. You know. You know. You tell it's a difference. And so just to, in case I, I slip from it. I hope not to. But. The key verse I use tonight, the importance of that verse, is we start going through Ezekiel and start talking about the glory of God. Amen. And we deal with that. The most important thing of that verse is this. He told Israel, watch God's glory. Because you're going to watch this. Ezekiel watches God's glory leaves the house. But when you get in this 40-something chapters, God's glory is coming back. And watch the glory comes back into the temple. It was impossible for them to come through one gate to worship him and after being in his presence to leave unchanged. I believe in the old-fashioned glory of God moves in the house of God. Everybody in the house will be changed one way or another. You'll either be drawn closer and there'll be chains and fetters broken and you'll be changed or you'll become more cold, calloused, and unmoved. But when that old-fashioned glory of God moves, there'll be a fear that'll move with it. We'll forget about all of our rights. We'll forget about all them areas where, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm... When that glory moves, we'll all know that we'll realize that we're just dust and we're liable to be in the carpet. Because Ezekiel, as powerful man, the prophet he was, every time that glory moved, he would... There's just something about... 
knowing that we're going to face him. If I ask you the question nine, if you knew for an absolute certain that you're going to face God in the next hour, that you was really going to face God. There was no doubt about it. You're going to face God in the next hour. How would your approach be? If you knew this, if you knew that this afternoon before you come to service tonight, that you was going to meet God when this service was over with, how would you approach this service? How much more would that have prompted us to busy ourselves and conditioned ourselves of where we was coming? Hmm. Could you wear what you're wearing? Could you deck yourself out? Would you have arrived on the same time that you arrived on? I'm not, I'm not beating up. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, because that time's coming. That hour, you know, we, we, we're going to face this God. We're going to face this Savior. We're going to have to give an account. I'm going to have to give an account. I'm going to have to give an account, a man of this church and church body, the souls and even in this community. It's more I've sought the hand and face of God and what's going on. So, I've got a responsibility at whatever cost to help get the glory of God in this house like we never experienced in my 26 years of pastoring. I believe we can. I believe we can see it happen. Now, I've said a lot already that I had any intent. It's not. got a lot of scriptures. I actually got five pages of scriptures. And that's, you know, it, it takes me a long time to get through two or three, but we're going we're gonna to see. Uh, I really want to, by the help of the Lord here tonight, to get us to understand and, and create a hunger, create a thirst. I watch, I watch our little ones. I watch them when we pray. I'd love to see them. I'd love to see them. That, I'm going to tell you something. When you get the glory of God moving to this house, you know what will happen? You'll see some of these six and seven-year-olds saying, I want the Holy Ghost. I want what I'm feeling. Daddy, I want that. What is that? I want it. When that glory begins to move, I'm telling you, the people gravitate to it. And Jesus Christ was the glory of God. Ranked sinners. Pharaohs. They come from all walks of life. Come running to Jesus. You know why? Because he was the glory of God. And that glory attracts. That, that glory will pull. That glory and that's that's what the church is about that's what you and I that's Holy Ghost filled people and there's nobody like us on the face of the earth that had the encounters with God and visitations with God you could take Moses as much of an awe that was in that desert when that bush didn't burn up and begin to voice begin to speak out of it and tell him you're on holy grounds, take off your shoes and the experience he had there with that bush. But he probably wasn't nothing like the experience he had when he climbed to the top of that mountain into that dark place with God for 40 days and nights. And in that visitation, 
And that visitation man, he would come down. And after coming down, he couldn't even, he couldn't even c- consult with his own people. Because of the glory of the, the shine upon his face, he'd have to put a veil on. Because of the encounter. It wasn't that he had some glorified flesh. But it was because he had been in the glory of God. The presence of God. In that presence. In that glory. It is impossible not to be changed. So could it be the reason we don't see the change in lives? It's because there is an absence of the glory of God. And so as your pastor, I'm going to pursue this. We'll reach for it. It's been something on my mind for quite a little while. And I spent quite a bit of time this week reading these chapters and going over them, seeking them. They talk about all their, their abilities, new stuff. But anyway, anyway. Uh, but as I, I, I go through some of this. Hebrew, it actually means glory is a weight. Weight, weight. Hallelujah, the, the, the power of it, the, the glory of it. Uh, when you talk about his glory, especially when it's the application of it in the scriptures, amen, it, it's actually an exercise or a display. We could take our own apostles, the apostle Peter, that at one point in his life prior to the Holy Ghost had a problem. And Jesus told him he was going to do it to, to confess that he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. But, but after the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he was called in because of the miracle that took place. A man in question. But, but they could not deny the fact that you know, he had been with Jesus because of his countenance. His response. His, uh, you've experienced it. If you know anything about the anointing of God know anything about yourself even when you're witnessing the people all of a sudden scriptures start coming and things start man you say <laughs> you, you, you may not could tell them but you know what they can tell they'll say I feel something yeah that's right it's the Holy Ghost that makes us the true witnesses it's the Holy Ghost. It's not us. It's not the earthen vessel. It's the vessel that yielded. It's a vessel that believed. It's a vessel that humbled itself. It's a vessel that kept itself in a condition and a place that the glory of God can walk with it. That the glory of God can take up a boat and dwell and flow through. And so, as we watch this, when we talk about his presence, Moses himself even, in Exodus the 33rd chapter, after the experience with the golden calves and experience with Aaron and all of that, he comes back to God. He calls on God and he cries out to him and he simply tells him, he said, God, you know, you, you're telling me that you know my name and you tell us, you know us and, and, and you showed us your grace and, and we found grace and you've told me that. God, we're not leaving here unless you go with us. Unless your presence, unless your glory, is what he's saying, goes with us. I'm not about to try to lead some million people into a desert across a land unless you're willing to go with us. I know we've been sinful. I know we've been stiff-necked. I know we've been rebellious. Back and read it. But he said, Your grace, your grace, and we found grace. But even in this grace, God, hear me tonight, folks. 
We're living in a world and we're living in a generation. If we're not careful, even as Pentecost and one God-believing people, we'll push the grace to no limits. We'll act like His grace can excuse us from responsibilities and callings and elections of keeping that glory where it needs to be. Immediately following that, because it's so important to, to, to have God and to have His presence with us and to go with us. Immediately following that, this is what Moses, listen to what he says. He said, I beseech thee, show me, this is Moses talking to the Lord, show me thy glory. How many wants to see the glory of God? We want to see it. We really do. But I'm not sure if we can handle it. I'm not sure if we can handle the responsibility of it. There, 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 it's going to take some conditioning. Okay, so just, just hear me out tonight. It's, it's going to be a little slow. That's all right. God, just but let me talk to us. And so in Exodus 33, you're going to see, the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. Amen. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, I urge thee, I ask of thee, show me thy glory. He said, the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I proclaim, amen, and show you the mercy. And, and so we know what he'd done. He, put him, he told him, he said, I'm going to put you on a rock. He said, and at a certain time, he said, I'm going to put you in the cliff of that rock. I'm going to show you my hinder parts because nobody can see my face and live. So when we move from that, and I'm, I'm going quickly actually because I want to establish something about His glory. But you can go to John 1 and you begin to read about the man called John. And the scripture simply goes, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. The light is capitalized that. We know this light, this light, the witness of Jesus Christ. The light goes on to tell us that this light, amen, that, that all men through him might believe. Believe what? That there is a God. To believe that there is a Savior. To believe there is a divine power and almighty. And there is, there is access unto him through this lamb that God provided. There is a glory. There is a experience. There is a Pentecost that can take place in your life. That can transform you and change you forever. Can I be honest? I am a little concerned about our generation of Pentecost and the lack of change that's made on the inward parts of us, of our spirit, our makeup, our conduct. I've heard some of our elders make the statements, and, and please don't take this out of context. The initial way of receiving the Holy Ghost and the evidence of seeing the Holy Ghost is the evidence of speaking in tongues as God gives you the utterance. 
But I, I read and I've heard of the experiences of some of our elders that many a times when they receive the Holy Ghost, some of them would see a great light that was added to this. And I know we had to deal with that. I listened to our elder faults one time talk about it. You know, because it got a hold of that generation. That they had to see a great light with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I remember that at Count Meeting, he addressed that. He had a particular sister in his church. Man, she was speaking in tongues several times. And, but she never would claim the Holy Ghost. And finally, he gets her to side and, and questions her and says, you know, what, what you what you looking for? What you expecting? Well, so-and-so said, I'd see this great light. Now, you may not like what this pastor done. But he gets her up there and gets her to pray. And she gets to speak in a tongue. She gets this, he gets this guy with a spotlight. And she started believing. Watch this. He talked about another one. He said, what so-and-so said, it would knock me down. And it can, and it will, and it has. But you know what? I don't God have to knock me down every time he wants me to do something. If you want God to treat you that way, well, let your spouse start treating you that way. No, we don't, do we? We don't, we don't want to be treated. And you know what? God, God can. He smote Paul down. But that's, that's, that's not the norm. That's not the majority. Okay? Uh, but anyway, he talked about another lady that, hey, this told me I was going to be knocked down. He's so sure enough. Said they got to pray him with her. He got her to pray again. Said he said our God was on her. He said he told her, he said, now clam up. And said, well, she clammed up. And said, when she did, said, bam, she hit the, she hit the floor. Said she jumped up from there. I got it, I got it. So we can have some preconceived ideals uh, that people have told us about their experiences. And, and sometimes that can lodge in us. There's somebody sitting in this auditorium tonight that you're, I don't know really what you're expecting from God. And God's visited you many times. And I'm praying for that mercy and grace to visit you again. And somehow that whatever kids will, and how he sees fit, that, that you're, you, could, you, could, you could open up to it and receive because you, as I believe, that you've got to have the Holy Ghost to be saved. And there's really no reason why you shouldn't have the Holy Ghost. Since you believed, is what the Bible says. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Once you become a believer, you ought to receive it. You start pursuing and calling, crying out and calling. I mean, once you've repented... I mean, baptized in Jesus' name, you're the prime candidate. In fact, the scripture, if you look at it close enough, you ought to come up out of that watery grave. It's a new creation. So I'm just going back to, to what the Bible says, to, to the original about some of this. I have a feeling with time, with man, and desires and passions of men, including pastors, that wants to build churches and want to persuade people and under the pressure of always doing better than the last time. I'm over that. I'm not in competition with the last service. It's over with. It's done. We got now. Today is a day of salvation. Now is a time. Yesterday's gone and you don't have tomorrow. You got to make it count now. I need the glory of God now. In our generation. In our service. 
And so, as you watch this, he said, and he was not that light, talking about John, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the world was made by him, the world knew him not, and he came to his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become what? The sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Huh. Which were born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But this is the next verse. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and in parentheses. We beheld his glory. I'm going to preach a message sometime. I felt impressive this week. I just got it wrote down, the title of it. Have you been begotten? Have you been begotten? My begotten son. Everybody's got to be begotten. Everybody's got to experience this. If you're going to be a child of God, if you're going to be led of God, you must be born again. And so, the very foundation, the very initiating of, of this glory that I'm talking about, amen, comes through this baptism, through this pouring out. And um, I forgot my watch. I didn't mean to. I don't have a clue what time it is. Isaiah comes along the 40th chapter and he begins to talk to us and helps us. And I'm going to use some writings out of Isaiah. To, uh, this, is, this is a real big topic. It's a lot bigger than I realized it was. So I searched the scriptures this week and went through the scriptures and, 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 and just dealt with this. And, but, but he talks about comforting. He talks about comforting the people. He talks about uh, a man to Jerusalem and, and their warfare and their iniquities and the voice and the one coming out of the wilderness and prepare the way and, and every valley is going to be lifted and all the, the mountains and hills are going to be brought low and the crooked places are going to be serrated or the rough places are smoothed down. Do we understand that? Do we realize salvation is not hard? The real key to salvation is, is just dying. God takes care of the rest of it. If we'll die, if we'll just die to self, if we'll die to who we are, if we'll just die out and then do it on a daily basis, this God will take care of everything else. He's got it. He's got it. It doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what goes. That's the reason I'm going to tell you something. Holy Ghost filled people that's being led by the Spirit of God should not have anxiety attacks. I don't care what you say. We shouldn't have anxiety attacks. Not in that form. Well, that didn't go over good, but it's still true. We ought to be some of the most calm, collected, together people that's on the face of the earth. We're serving the Almighty God. We got the greatest experience you can have on the face of the earth. Nothing tops this. They can take all the drugs, drink all the alcohol, but I'm telling you, it can't carry you nowhere like the Holy Ghost can carry you. It can't do for you what the Holy Ghost can do for you. I'm telling you, it gets no comparison. We've dropped the ball as a church. Played it down. Pushed it to the side. Hadn't made it a big deal. I'm going to tell you something. Getting the Holy Ghost is a big deal. And without the big deal, there's no deals. There's no deals whatsoever. I'll tell you something else. 
We don't have near the squabbles. We don't have near the hurt feelings. I'm plowing deep tonight. But it's wrapped up in that Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost make us mature. Holy Ghost help us grow up. Holy Ghost help us. Help us love even our enemy. And if I can love my enemy, surely, surely I can love my brother and sister. And surely I can be long-suffering and gentle and kind to do everything that's within my powers to help them make the journey. <laughs> to help them make the body to be the body. Because without the body, the body, you don't have everything you need. Amen. And you know what? It's my heartbeat and desire, not just as a pastor. I'm going to have the same heartbeat and desire if I'm sitting out there in that chair for everything, amen, that's in this church to be connected and mended and be a part of the body. Because you know what? I may just need that finger. That may be the finger that reaches down and helps me in my moment in time of need. And if I don't care for it and see for it, I'm going to find myself longing and in trouble because I didn't care about the member, amen. And that was the member that God was going to use two weeks down the road that was going to come to my rescue or better yet say, my baby or better yet say my grandbaby so all this connects to the glory all this connects to the glory all this connects to that personal and walk in passion and love of God it all connects it all hooks up I can tell time I'd love to carry you to the 53rd chapter, I'd say. Watch this. What kind of glory does man really look for? What are we impressed by? By statue. We really are. Anybody ever heard of the statement? He don't look like president material. We say that about Obama. He proved that to be true. Amen. I said that. Amen. Oh, God, have mercy. <laughs> All I can say, let the chips fall where they fall. Praise God. You can say that about me as a pastor. I don't care. Go ahead. Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, <laughs> praise God. Help me, Lord. Anyway, we go to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Praise the Lord. Don't let this run the message. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But, uh, but the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, man, it begins to describe this one that we just read about, that his glory. And we beheld his glory, the young begotten son of God, Jesus Christ. There was none like unto him. I mean, he astounded everybody, anybody he talked to, anybody he come in contact with. I and mean, they, they flogged him. Why? Because the glory of God, the anointing of God that was on his life. Hmm. I mean, let me tell you, can I help some of us out? Don't let that spirit get a hold of you that because you've got the Holy Ghost and you're dressing right and talking right that people are not going to be drawn to you. They're going to be drawn to you. And guess what? It's not going to be them that's so dignified and sanctified and got it all together. It's going to be those that's messed up. <laughs> 
It's those that's got mental problems and got family problems and got all other kind of problems. And they're looking for a help. And they're looking for a glory and experience that'll get them out. And guess what? That's where you and I come in into play. And that's the reason we got to guard this glory. Amen. And get it back where it needs to be. So, the description of Jesus it simply starts out. He said, Who has believed our report to whom the arm of the Lord is revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Amen. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. We esteemed him not. It's really not a description. A man in the physical realm that would attract us. Don't believe that picture you see of Jesus because it's incorrect. That was a hand of the flesh and the hand of the devil. Given all these cats that thinks that have long hair, they could be a bunch of Samsons. But the Bible says it's a shame for man to have long hair. God's not confused. <laughs> Just as it's much of a shame for a lady to cut hers, it's a shame for a man not to cut his. And a good practice is about every four weeks. Praise God. That's still in the Bible. That's still in 1 Corinthians 11 chapter. And the customs of the church, they'll follow those customs. Even if it's been 2,000 years. Your modern time hasn't changed it. And you know what? <laughs> Can I say this? You know, we're slipping in now and facing beards. Allowing beards and manna. They're making the floodgates in our churches. Now what's going to happen? Are we going to allow longer hair on the faces than they got in their heads? <laughs> we're just creating more problems, if you ask me. That's all you're doing. Now, where's it going to be trimmed? I mean, you're going to stop it here? <laughs> brother Quinn, I can see you with no hair on the head, but <laughs> hanging down here, brother. <laughs> Take it, pull it all the way up. <laughs> I mean, maybe I didn't have nothing else better to do at the time, but I just ponder some of this. How, how are you going to trim this up? How are you going to? I feel like what our elders and some lines that were strong years ago, I think, why don't we just stay with those landmarks? Let's don't, we, we don't try to make big issues out of it, and big uh, hell of heaven issues out of it. But, and I made this statement. Watch this. What's one of the first things when people backslide, especially men, not women, but when men backslide, young, young boys are in the back, what's one of the first things they do? So we just got to push the glory of God out and don't even let them wait to get outside the church. Go ahead and let them start backsliding in the church. I'm not being rude, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you there's an old-fashioned glory of God that's going to show up. But I don't want it to show up to judge me. I want it to show up, amen, to operate through me. And how I present this body is going to make all the difference in the world. Uh, 
And I know it's a real struggle. And I understand that. Especially in the world we're living in. And the more division and separation there is in the one God's, the worse that's going to get. I'm going to quit jumping rabbits here. As we, as we move on in Isaiah 60 now. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, watch this. This is going to talk about just what I was just talking about. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. Ladies and gentlemen, you're living in a nation today that don't have a clue what sin is anymore. That sin line, convicting line, godly line has been so mixed up now. Those landmarks have been moved and pushed. Or stuff has grown up around them that you can't even find them. You know whose fault that is? Right here. It's not the people. Man of God needs to preach what's in this book. I don't have a right to change it. I have no rights whatsoever. Under whatever anointing and glory God pours out upon me. I don't have the right to change something that's unchangeable. I don't have a right to broaden up. Now you watch this. You don't think that's true? You watch all your denominations. They have made them wide and wider. Even the Catholic Church. But they're going to they keep on. They're going to keep on. Some things they held on for thousands of years. Buddy, they're moving it. They're moving them. They're moving them. They feel like their priest, a man, has a right and the power he can just do. Huh. And they're not the only ones. All of their daughter's works is going to follow them. And go back to her. We're going to need this glory to finish this race. You hear me? We're going to need this glory to sustain us in the battle. These children are going to need this old-fashioned glory to keep them from being confused and drawn away in things that's unwholesome and ungodly. So, in Leviticus 9, 23 and 24, we see a little example of, of God's glory by fire. I won't go to that, but it's, it's time of Moses and Aaron. They had offered, one of the first times they'd offered the sacrifice for the people. They'd offered the sacrifice for sin. They'd offered the peace offering. And when Aaron come down, he comes out of that temple, he comes down to the people. The fire of God falls. And the people fall on their faces and the Bible called it the glory of God that fell when you go to 1 Kings again you're going to see there where the priest come out of the holy place and this is one of the first times we really expect to see and hear about the Shekinah glory or the glory of God is likened unto a cloud 
Amen. Some calls it a blue haze and a presence that, uh, a visitation and a, a power that uh, could not be denied and it could experience and know when the when the service reached a certain plateau or certain realm in the spiritual realm, this haze would show up and this this power and presence would move in. And so we see this, Amen. In First Kings eight and ten. Amen. The cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not even stand to minister. There was such a power, the presence of God and the moving of God. Amen. That you know what? They couldn't even stand to minister. They didn't come. They didn't have to get up here. They didn't have to do no cheerleading. They, we didn't have to have singers amen, to entertain us and keep us going. I mean, that, that glory, when it moves, I'm telling you, it captivates. It overrules. It overpowers everything and under the power and the influence of it. I'm telling you, we'll experience things like we've never experienced. You'll see some young people. I'm talking about some small children. It'll get that sleep out of your eyes. It'll wake you up. It'll put a fear in you. Even Israel didn't really like the encounter with God on that mountain that day. They made their minds up quick. So, no, Moses, you, you handle that part, Moses. Oh, you just come tell us. We, we don't want. We don't experience that glory. That power. You can go to the New Testament and Peter's writings there as he talks about this same glory. For he received from God. Now, watch this. This is a play. I'm going to have to study this out a little bit, but, but I'm going to put it out here tonight. But, but Peter's writings in 2 Peter 1 and 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. Talking about Jesus Christ. And talking about the transfiguration. Well, there was first voice to him. that the, the, well, Watch this. When there came such a voice to him from. Notice how Peter put this. From an excellent glory. A voice that came from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He was talking about the transfiguration on that mountain that day. An excellent glory. Jeremiah 2 and 11. He, he talks about it. And uh, talks about how that if a nation had changed their God. Now, now watch this. He's calling on them. He's calling on Israel. He's, in, he's calling on them. And he's saying a nation that has changed their God. Now watch this. When you change your God, what's going to happen? What's, what's going to take place? Amen. Were there yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory. What, what are you trying to talk about, preacher? It's one thing using lights at an Easter play and at Christmas programs to help it. But it's quite a different story when we start using them on a regular basis and in every service to enhance and try to create an atmosphere that's the absence of glory. It's not there. All of a sudden, our glory's changed. 
not really the hunger and thirst for the glory of God. But we'll take a substitute. We'll take something that's less. If it'll get the job done and you pay our tithes and back up us up and we get a big crowd and we'll just go home. But I'm telling you, we won't make it without the glory of God. You hear me tonight? We will not make it without the glory of God. get a crowd we can get a number we can create such an entertainment here that's been likened unto the unto the facilities of the world I tell you what there's something in me that when I hear reports when people come in and say this is no different from the bar rooms I just left this is no different than the honky-tonks I just left. It's on us. You may not believe that, but you just, you just watch. So what have we done? We boast and brag. And I, I'm not downing. I'm just, I'm just. When's the last miracle, notable miracle that you saw? I thank God for the reports. Please don't take me wrong here. I just haven't been persuaded that when we call together three and four and five and six and seven, eight hundred and five or six churches and we have moves of God and that there ought not be some miracles. When we rolled them in. I read you a scripture. If you come in that north gate. And once you've been in God's presence and you've been in His glory, you can't go back out that north gate, buddy. You can't go back out the same way you come in. It's absolutely impossible to come into the glory of God and leave the same way you came. I'm telling you on the Holy Ghost tonight, it is absolutely impossible. When the glory cloud is the kind of presence of God moves and everybody in there's another sound of my will leave this house changed. Passions, our desires, our hungers. In fact, after these visitations, I look for our prayer room to increase. It won't shock me instead of some showing up at 5.30, they show up at 5. It won't shock me, amen. They'll, they'll skip out of that car out there, buddy. Amen. They'll come sliding in here, excited about being at the house of God. Because there is a glory and a presence and a power, a lifter of my soul, a lifter of my heart, a way maker, amen. I've never experienced it like I'm experiencing now. It, it, I'm telling you, it delivered me of every burden. It delivered me of every pain. It delivered me of every heartache. There was a glory in this house that transformed my life. I believe that. gotta have it because if we don't have it some pitfalls in life some scars and wounds in this building in some of the vessels of this house and without the glory of God all we're doing is putting a band-aid over it all we're doing is putting up a facade and putting up a front and make believe but as God took Ezekiel if you go back from the first experience, watch this. 
Watch what God done with Ezekiel. In the first chapter, a man in a vision and a dream, he showed him his glory. He showed him them cherubs. He showed them beasts. He showed the power of God and who he was and, and what he could be of. Amen. Before he ever began to take him from that point and began to give visitations to the temple, he took him to the temple. He took him to the place, hallelujah. He took him to the place where the elders is at. He took him to the place where 25 men, leaders if you please, in the temple, hallelujah, had their own little chamber. And they would go in that chamber and on that chamber and carved in on them walls with all type of fowls and all types of four-footed beasts and creatures like that. And they had incense in their hand. And they was offering incense unto the apples in the temple of God, testing and trying the sovereignty and the power and the righteousness of God Almighty in his own temple. You don't think we're not doing it today? Let me carry you somewhere. I'm bypassing some things, but I need to. This is in your Bible. Romans 1. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him, not as God. I'm going to tell you something. If you call yourself a worship of God, and you believe in God, and if you've experienced God, you better not walk in this house after experiencing His glory and His mercy and grace and many blessings with a spirit and attitude. I don't have to. If you don't, you're saying you don't have to. When you have a countenance on your face and an action that vibrates, that comes off of you, I'm, I'm digging, folks. I'm not in contest with no other pastor on the face of this earth. I'm not in contest with no other church on the face of this earth. The numbers is not impressing me. The money won't impress me. I tell you what's going to impress me. is when we see the glory of God in this house. And we see the revival. When they pull up in this parking lot with the lunatics. And they can find deliverance. When they can pull up in this parking lot. And put them in wheelchairs. But they leave a different way than they came. When they pull up in this pool. And they bring them in here. And they act like they've been all racked out. And all crazy and wall eyed. And full of devils. But amen, amen. When they drag the lunatics in his and they leave a different way. The only, the only, the only way that's going to happen is by the glory of God. It won't be because you're baptized in Jesus' name. It won't be because, amen, you, you're one God believer. It's going to be because the glory of God shows up. So, it happened. It happened quick. Romans, the first chapter. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish hearts was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. Don't ever get to the place that you educate yourself out of the glory of God. This is the only area I have a little, and you know I need a lot more education than what I've got. You know that, and I know that. 
but I've seen it more than once. Pastor become doctors and watch holiness start dropping to the side. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't quite grab that. Just don't see what. When you come wise in your own self. And it's more important to impress people. With our speaking abilities. And impress them how we can quote. And how we can pronounce all the names. And blow people away by the stories we tell. But the glory of God's not in it. You tell me what we need a demonstration of. A demonstration of the glory of God. Or a demonstration of how smart we are. I wouldn't impress you a bit. I could speak all them words about that long. Call all the names. Call all of that. and Use words that you'd have to have a dictionary to try to. Is that edifying the body? If I speak in a way that you, it takes you, if I make a sentence and it takes you two or three minutes, or, or you should get afraid it's just a, 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 you know, it's a, it's, just a, it's a trap, you know, he, he's setting us up. No. In fact, the more simple and plain and easier digest and received, the easier it flows. You watch what they've done here. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into images made like unto corruptible man. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Because they wouldn't, it wasn't they didn't know God. But they wouldn't give him the glory. They wouldn't give him the recognition. They wouldn't give him the praise. They wouldn't fear him and give him the honor and give him the glory. But they found themselves bowing down to creeping things, four-footed beasts, changing the glory of God. This is just a little warning flag for our generation of Pentecost. Let's don't change the glory of God. Let's don't bring in methods, amen, to try to take the place of the glory of God. And if the glory of God's not here, let's start purposing in our mind and heart and spirit. I'm going to sing it down. I'm going to pray it down. I'm going to present this body unto him in a manner and a way that will create his glory to show up. It's a church thing. It's going to take everybody on board. <laughs> They changed the glory of this uncorruptible God into image of four-footed beast and corruptible. Wherefore God also gave them up. Watch this. You wonder why we're dealing with some of the things we're dealing with. Wherefore God also gave them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Amen. Read on that chapter. I won't do it. It gets pretty bad. Amen. Where they. She turns them over. Man. She just lets them go. She turns them over to reprobate mind. 
Amen. What time is it? Give me the time. You can get ready. I'm 807. Lord have mercy. Let's stand. I, I'll take, can y'all come, come get a song. I hope I hadn't been offensive. I hope I hadn't been. That's not my desire tonight. It's not my passion tonight. Ladies, don't you ever be ashamed of your uncut hair. Ladies, don't ever be ashamed of keeping that makeup off your face. Nothing takes the place of the glory of God upon you. There's no greater beauty than that natural beauty. That glow, amen, that God puts on you. That step that God puts in you. That sparkle that He puts in your eye. Men, don't you ever be intimidated because you live a separated life. and Just because you don't know all about the ball clubs and the ball teams. and You don't know what's going on in Hollywood. And you didn't keep up with all the college teams and all of that. Hallelujah. That's not our priority. It's not our heartbeat. It's not our desire. We should never be ashamed. Amen. If just being a vessel of God. Offering these bodies and souls and minds and lives. Unspotted. That's what Paul taught us. We can present ourselves unspotted from this world. That's, that's outwardly and inwardly. Okay. We can dress it to the T on the outside and put on a front. But the glory of God won't show up. But if you get the inside right, but you get the inside right, I promise you the outside will take care of itself. Because it's out of the abundance of the heart. And the glory cloud will show up. You can watch Ezekiel. Go to Ezekiel the 10th chapter. And the glory of the Lord departed from off the threshold of the house and stood over the chambers, the cherubims. You've got to watch the glory of God begin to leave the tabernacle, leave the temple. He shows it unto Ezekiel. There's a lot to cover and I won't have the time of all the different things, the transactions in Ezekiel's life and his writings here. The cherubims lift up their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. And when they went out, the wheels also were beside them. And everyone stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house. Amen. This glory moved from those cherubims. And when the glory of God moves over to the threshold and to the door, even the beast and the cherubims had enough sense to follow the glory of God. We're not going to hold our positions. We're not going to hold our places. We're going where the glory's at. At whatever cost, at whatever it may cost us, I'm going where the glory's at. I'm going where God's at. I'm not going, amen, for fame and lights of the world. I'm going for the true light and the glory that's a true glory and a glory that I come to my rescue when I'm in a dire need and wrestling against all of hell. Have a chapter, 22nd verse. Then did the cherubims lift up their wings, and the wheels beside them, 
and the glory of God of Israel was over them above. 23rd verse. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood upon the mountain which is on the east side of the city. And moved now from the threshold and from the tabernacle and from the temple. The glory of God with the cherubims and with the beast lifts from the door lifts this place and leaves the city and moves and makes its way up on the mountain. Hallelujah. Slowly but surely leaving the place called the temple. The place that God, it was God's ideal. It was a God's ideal that came down to Moses to build a sanctuary that I could come and dwell with my people. That I could be among them and bless them. He's not just wanting to be a God to judge us and to bang us in the head. He wants to be our God to save us and comfort us and strengthen us and help us along this journey. And times when we come up short and times when we let carnality and we let fashion and we let the pitfalls of life get the best of us. He's there I mean, not just to condemn us and judge us. Amen. And just do away with. No, he's there. Amen. To be a present help. Amen. To get us back. Get us back into his glory. Lead us back into that place. Lead us back into that fellowship. Lead us back into that place, into that place. Amen. A fellowship with Him. You know why, America? One of the reasons she was built so great outside of the hand of God and the blessings of God. Because this nation was founded upon families. Families at whatever cost. We're going to stick together. We're going to fight it out. Please, nobody take that to wrong. I know we're living in a different time. We're living in a different world. We're living. I don't say that to be ugly. I don't say that to be slapped in anybody's face. It's had experienced divorce and horrible pitfall but when Americans turn from God and the blessings of God and the glory of God and we start lifting up lifestyles and we start making heroes out of people amen it's contrary to the word of God and the things of God and we elevate them and then we begin to put them as posters on our walls and we begin to listen to their lyrics and we begin to bow down and worship them and want to be like them and we want to dress like them we want to put on tattoos and we want to do this and we want to do that don't tell me the glory of God won't leave us I tell you it'll leave us if it left Israel and the temple it'll leave the United States of America and been down Mississippi. Oh God, help you tonight. Don't you understand? We gotta have the glory. I'm just, I'm just fixed to be honest with you. I'm not gifted enough to go through. Just go through the motions. I'm not talented enough to get up here and, and amaze you with a, with, a, with a message that I got off of a CD or off, off of a computer. Off of some headquarters somewhere. I'm not gifted enough and talented enough. I've got to have the anointing. I've got to have the glory of God. I'm not gifted enough to walk into a hospital room and 
Amen. Amaze people and, and with our abilities, amen, to walk in there. And, we got to have His glory. we got to have His touch. Moses, after standing in for the people, fighting that God wouldn't kill him. He comes back to God and tells him, God, I want to see your glory. God, I got to have your presence. Church, we can go through our own programs. We can go through certain procedures. We can follow just a trend. Oh, there's something that can get a hold of us. And, and you know what? I want the glory of God now. I want that glory that, that it doesn't only move me, but it moves my babies. It puts something inside of them. It creates a hunger. It creates a thirst. It creates an excitement. We struggled here tonight. I watched from the very beginning of this service the lack of excitement, the weariness in the bodies, the souls, and the spirit. You know why? It's a lack of His glory in our lives. And the enemy has an advantage. We're no match for the devil, we're no match for sin, we're no match for this carnality. The only thing that can keep us. It's the glory of God that walks with us day in and day out. It's the glory of God. Amen. It doesn't matter where you go to work. It doesn't matter what place you walk into. If you've got His glory and His anointing to quicken you and inspire you and move upon you and lead you, I'm telling you, you won't face, you won't be so worried about, so full of anxiety. I'm telling you, the, the influence of this world will not have the influence upon you. Because this, I'm telling you, when this illuminated light shines on you, God, Paul said it, it was greater than the noonday sun. I'm telling you, this world, this earth, and what the devil has to offer is not to compare the glory of God. You can have automobiles stacked up. You can have a 12-car garage. You can put a 12, 12 whatever beside that. You can build your 10-story building. But none of that. All of that, it's like the grass. It's like the flower. It just fades and dies and goes away. But there's something that is a must here tonight. And that's the glory of God. When you move on with Ezekiel, watch him. He watched the glory of God leave the temple and leave the house of God. When you slip on over and make your way to, have you got a few more minutes? I know I got you standing. I know it's getting late, and I apologize for that. But when you go to Ezekiel, the tenth chapter, then the glory of the Lord departed from off the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubs and he manned the wings. And Ezekiel, they'll have a chapter. Amen. And it went on to talk about the city. And then you go to the 43rd chapter of Ezekiel. 
Afterwards, he brought me to the gate. Even the gate that looked toward the east. I was amazed, and I'm going to have to do a study on this, about the east, the east gate. I'm amazed at this, how often it was from this east gate. Amen. That things took place. And behold, the glory of the, of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. <laughs> I could take you right back here to a graveyard. And we got everybody that's planted in that graveyard. You know where they're facing? To the east. Well, the Bible says we're looking for him to come from the east, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Said, Behold, the glory of God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like the noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. There is a comparison now when you go all the way back to Ezekiel 1 and the first experience of the glory of God and the encounter that Ezekiel had. He brings them all back to that time and to that point. And so he knows by that Patterson, he knows by that uh, 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 likeness, amen, that this is the glory of God. This is God. I'm telling you, God's got a glory like nobody else. God's got a, a presence like nobody else. That's the reason we're warned in the scriptures when you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, there is no place of forgiveness. Go to the 44th chapter. Then he brought me back the way of the gate of the outward sanctuary, which looketh toward the east, and it was shut. Then said the Lord unto me, This gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no man shall enter in by it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, hath entered in by it. Therefore it shall be Shut. I believe that east gate. God is the only one that can come through it. And God's glory. And God's glory is the only thing. Hallelujah. Don't matter what other gate we come in. But whenever we can get that east gate to open up. And the glory of God to come into this sanctuary. And come into our lives. I'm telling you. You will leave a different way than what you came. Forty-six brings me back to my focus verse. You know what Ezekiel was saying? God's glory was coming back to Israel. We're coming out of Babylonian. We're coming out of captivity. We're going back to build a temple, and we're going back to a place. <laughs> And even in that place when it's being rebuilt. Amen. Because of some young men that all they ever knew was Babylon. All they ever knew what took on in Babylon. Amen. But there were some elders that was a part of that group. And you couldn't tell the difference between the mourning and the crying. Amen. Of the laying of the first of that foundation compared to the first foundation. And you put into all of that what you want to and measure up how you want to. But thank God. Thank God. We may not measure up. Amen. As some of the old brush harbors. We may not measure up like some of the first beginnings in the first 1900s. There may not be some visitations but I'm here to tell you. I do believe there is a glory for this end time. I do believe there's a glory that God wants to pour out on his church. Amen. 
amen, in our generation and in this local assembly and on the Pentecostals, our generation and of our time. I do believe that there is a, a necessity. I do believe, amen, between life and death of the moving of this glory for the next generation because I'm really not sure how many more generations can be absent of the glory of God until there is absolutely no glory at all in the temple at all. What a heavy responsibility is lying heavy on our shoulders here tonight and in our hearts and our spirits and our minds to see that old glory flying again, coming through the battles. She may be torn, she may have, she may be a little threaded on the ends, she may even have holes in her. But I believe, oh, glory wants to fly again. I believe, oh, glory wants to show up again. And I believe it wants to show up more than just in this service and in this church. I believe, oh, glory wants to show up in some individual lives. Hallelujah. But you got to make up in your mind tonight. you got to make up in your spirit of how you're going to present your temple. Hallelujah. That you're not going to let carnality drive glory out. You're not going to let the pleasures of sin drive glory out. You're not going to let hurt feelings. Hallelujah. And bad attitudes. And because things is not going like you want it to go drive old glory out. Come on. I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. This ain't, this ain't something I'm telling you. I'm preaching to you from the portals of heaven tonight. Hallelujah. We need old glory back. Hallelujah. But there's some things that you and I got to do. If we're going to get old glory back. There's some repenting that's got to be done. There's some mouth face turning that's got to be done. Hallelujah. There's got to be some adjustments inside of each and every one of us. I want it. I want it at whatever cost. I want to go where old glory's at. I want to go back to some old fashioned prayer meetings. I want to go back to some old fashioned moves of God. Hey, there's some basic things that are a must to get old glory back. They get a song ready tonight. Why don't we just come and gather up as a church? I feel such a heaviness here tonight. A weight of this. Did you know this community is depending on us? Oh, glory's not going to show up at all these other places because they don't want it. They done driven it out. They done counseled the foundation of it. They don't believe, they, they believe they can make it without it. They believe they can educate their preachers and educate this one, educate that one, make it on their own. I'm not against that. I want it. Let's get it. Until the night that that education starts telling me that this is not essential and that I don't need old glory no more. I need old glory. Educated or not, titled it or not, we need old glory. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm a fifth, fifth generation Pentecost or a first generation Pentecost. We need old glory. It doesn't matter what our last names are, what families we're connected to in this church or in this community or any other place. We need old glory. 
It doesn't matter if we're black or white or yellow or red. We need old glory. It doesn't matter if we're male or female. We need old glory. It doesn't matter if we're rich. We need old glory. It doesn't matter if we're poor. We need old glory. It doesn't matter if I'm in the pit or on top of the pit. I need old glory. It doesn't matter if I'm in the valley on top of the mountain. I need old glory. Hallelujah. I need glory in my family. I need glory at my job place. I need glory, amen, to go with me at school. I need glory, amen, to go with me when I'm hunting. I need old glory go with me when I'm fishing. I need old glory, amen, day in and day out. I'll never find the place of the moment, Brother Brennan. Hallelujah. I don't need old glory. I don't need his mercy and grace, his compassion, his mighty hand, his voice in my life. I need my God. I need him. I need him. I need him. first two commandments covers it it's to love the Lord our God with all of our heart soul mind and strength and if I have a passion for anything else greater than that I've just lost all glory we're not exempt a soldier Israel done it Sold you in the first ages, even the church. They done it. If you and I are not careful in our pursuit of life and things of life, oh, Gloria, be gradually pushed aside. For whatever reason, that's the enemy's business. He doesn't care how he goes about doing it. He don't care if he's hurt feelings. He don't care if he's twisted words. Hallelujah, if he don't care about any of that. All he's after is one thing. Amen. To get, rob you of all glory. To rob you of that power and that presence and fellowship with God. Because he knows if you keep all glory flying. Hallelujah. Read your history. If you don't think I'm telling you some truth, read your history. Against Great Britain, they come in and directed all the ships and all the cannons and all the guns. Amen. When they come in Virginia over there, amen, old glory was standing. And that captain told that man, he said, hey, we forgot about this fort. We're not even worried about blowing up the fort, but we're going to shoot old glory down. We're going to take old glory down. Amen. And they shot everything that was in them ships. They had a certain time, but if they couldn't shoot old glory down in that matter of time, and they'd done everything, they had all of their ships, everything, Great Britain had to shoot it, but all glory did come down. I'm telling you, all glory's not coming down. We gotta fight the fight. We gotta live the life. We gotta believe in a good, merciful God. He's never failed us. He's never failed us. I failed him, but he's never failed me. He's never failed the people in this book that loved him, that loved his principles, that loved his commandments, that loved his precepts. Amen. It's humbled themselves even when it wasn't easy, when it wasn't convenient, when it wasn't a convenient thing. I'm going to tell you, I'm somewhere, I'm worried about the church. The church is slipping too much of conveniency. The church is slipping trying to bring, widen this thing up to accept this and accept that. But I'm telling you, whenever this don't accept it, it doesn't matter who accepts it, it doesn't matter who's behind it, whatever. That includes me. And it doesn't matter if my children and my grandchildren, whoever else is doing it, including myself. Amen. When this is against it, it's against it. When it's contrary to this, it's contrary. It's against it. And it Anything that's against this is coming down. Anything that's against this is coming down. Oh, glory's going to fly. Oh, glory's going to be victorious. The glory of God's going to fill the earth.
Jesus himself said, the meek shall inherit the earth. I'm not fixing to load up with guns and swords and fight all the individuals and the spirits in this church and no other place. battles his but I got to fight it his way and we don't do it with bonds and guns we do it by cry out to you. I'm going to trust you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory is going to show up. I'm going to see old glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Coming when the smoke clears. Hallelujah. When the deafening of the guns is silenced. Hallelujah. This is the place I'm talking about. They were totally, totally shocked as they couldn't understand how old glory is still there. We done shot that pole in two, two or three times. But old glory is still up above the fort. That recalls dead bodies. Hallelujah. That sold those sails out to old glory. Called the United States of America. We're going to fight for this liberty. We're going to fight for this freedom. Come on, honey. you got to fight for it. If you want old glory, where you find liberty and where you find deliverance, it's in old glory. It's in old glory. We need old glory. Fly again in our hearts. To fly again in our spirit. To fly again in our minds. He's a triumphant God. He's a mighty God. And he'll never fail us. Just hold on to the battle, folks. Just hold on to that nail-scarred hand. Just don't go weary in well-doing. Hallelujah. Don't, don't limit God. Don't limit, amen, the place. Hallelujah. God's a big God. He owns it all. He owns it all. And when He gets ready to bless you, He can bless you. And He can bless you, amen, until it's pressed down and shaken together and running over. And that's not just in finances, but that's also in health and spirit and callings and election. Because you know what? Oh, glory's going to fly for somebody. A lot of it hinges right here. Getting a made up mind. <laughs> Let's fight the good fight. Time's up, but I'm gonna preach on this Wednesday night. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I want you to hear me tonight. There's some fights that some people's involved in, both sides are gonna lose because it's not the good fight, it's not God's fight, it's a fleshly carnality. I want to have it my way. All I want us to do 
and all I want for everybody under the sound of my voice. God's will in your life. That's all I want. God's will. God's way. We love you tonight. God bless them as they sing.
no doubt in our hearts and our spirits tonight that he deserves the glory. The real question is tonight, do we? We can claim to have things. Please, y'all just going to have to bear with me. I don't know anything else to do except obey God. We can claim to have the Holy Ghost. We can claim that we, we're walking in it. And, but if there's things in our lives that's obvious, that we know scripturally that are wrong, that we're not practicing, kidding nobody but ourselves go back and read it those priests Levites those are sitting in those places positions they put on a front put on a show and then they go back into the darkness into their chambers and they'd offer sacrifices and senses to the beast on those walls. John put it this way. Love not the world. And neither the things of the world. Because the love of the Father. And the love of the world. Can abide in the same place. Can't do it. Sister Joyce, we're getting this glory. God will heal that back. And you won't be able to just sit back there. We get the right glory in this house. You get the right glory in this house. I can name a few in this house. He'll take that sadness and that hurtness. And even that little bit between me and you. Even though you haven't come. But the Holy Ghost knows what it's doing. In this glory, sister, you don't worry about that baby. God's got it. He gave it to you. And he brought you this far. And he's going to carry you the rest of the way. Do it, God. In the lovely name of Jesus for your glory. This is your baby. This is your child. And as your glory settles down, God, and perform the work in Jesus' name. Do it, Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I will confess tonight, I'm not a know-it-all. And I hope I didn't come across that way. I got some work to do on this old vessel right here. And with God's help and God's grace, we're going to do it. Church, I believe God wants to take this church to a place in His glory that will turn this community upside down. There's some demonic forces and powers rose up against us. It's made some inroads. But old glory is going to show up. And old glory is going to bring us out. I believe that tonight. 
Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, singers. That was the right song, so please don't take that wrong. That was the right song you sung tonight. Thank you. Give honor to our singers, our vessels. They're under more of attack than what some people realize. They've taken the place of Lucifer. He's very jealous of them. Can I say this? I know my time's up, but can I say this? The first place that Ezekiel was took was to the north gate of the temple. You know what was sitting in the seat and in the gate of the temple in that north gate? The Bible says the seat of jealousy. There's a spirit of jealousy that's tried to make its way into this church. And it has, it has tapped into a few places. You remember something. All that's done in this local assembly is done for him. It's done for him. Your pastor may fail of giving you the honor that you deserve. But he won't. He won't. Do what you do for God. And do it as unto the Lord. And do it for his glory. And I promise you, you won't regret it. Now, if you're doing it for other reasons, you're going to struggle. And you're not going to be happy. And you're not going to be content. And you're always going to be in the blues about something. But when you do some things for God and for his glory, nobody has to give you the credit. God sees it and God knows. And you know that. And that's good enough. Praise God. That old seed of jealousy. The Bible says it's as cruel as a grave. I don't know jealousy toward anybody for any reason. God, you help me to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. You help me to celebrate with those that's blessed and pray for those that needs a blessing, that they would be blessed. Praise God. Long time since the hand of God. I'm telling you, God's working. God's working.